0: See ya. What's up, people? Y'all excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yeah. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Yo. <laughs> Y'all stay ready. Like, that is like, that happened at a subconscious level in you. You don't even, you clap twice and it was like, did my hands just, it's like a Manchurian candidate type of thing. Um, uh, I'm so glad you're here, and I'm excited to, like, jump into this word. How many people were here last week? You were here last week for that word. How many people dropped some burdens? You, you can tell a difference in your week. You were like, you know what? Ain't mine. <laughs> Just dropped them, right? I'm, I want to continue uh, in that same type of um, dialogue. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to get them. Throw them up really high in the air. Repeat after me. I'm so, oh, especially after, what, the 9 o'clock? I can't wait to give this message to you. I'm going to put in some work this morning, okay? I'm going to put in some work this morning. I'm so excited. All right, real, real high, real, real loud. Today, Today, the Holy Spirit Spirit is going to speak to me about worry. worry. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. right. After today, today, I will know know and fully understand understand that worry worry don't don't look good On me. me. Now I know know that was a bad sentence. sentence. But the truth truth is the same. same. Worry Worry does not not look good good on me. me. So after after we read this word, word, and I get these scriptures. I I will never never worry worry again. again. Let's go. Let's go. So excited. Ooh, I'm so excited. Some of y'all, ooh, so excited for what's going to happen after you get this word. Philippians chapter number four. I want to read a few verses in your hearing, and then we'll pray and jump right into this, okay? Starting at the, first, uh, the fourth verse, here's what it says. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. If you're a King James, a new King James version, you know rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about what? Anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that... We can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what are, what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you have heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace. Then the God of peace. Will be with you. It's good. If you're taking notes on this message, two words. Write them down. Don't worry. That's it. Simply, don't worry. Bow your heads, let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us not to worry. Amen. This this letter that Paul writes is. Uh, Overwhelmingly encouraging. Paul is writing uh, to a group of believers in Philippi that are experiencing unprecedented persecution for being believers in Jesus Christ. I I want you to have the context to to the recipients that received this letter. People that were being persecuted for their faith uh, could wind up jailed could wind up killed for believing that Jesus Christ is Lord. They get a letter from an apostle named Paul. uh, And in this letter, here is the exhortation that they receive. Don't worry. Like, Like whatever you're going through, don't even worry about it. If you wind up jailed, don't worry about that. If you wind up getting killed for your faith, hey, don't even worry about that. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take those worries... Throw them away. I want you to pray about everything. And, and, and then I want you to, I want you to uh, give everything to the Lord, and then I want you to thank him for everything he's already done. He says, then you will see peace. You, you won't see peace until you do what I just told you to do. But, but, but after you do it, then, then you'll see some peace. Now, it would have been a little bit weird, uh, or, or, or it could have been a, offensive to uh, uh, the, the believers in Philippi if they read this letter and Paul wrote it from a hammock, chilling on the beach with his legs crossed, sipping a non-alcoholic iced tea. I don't know who's here today. Um... But Paul actually wrote this letter from prison. This is one of the four letters that he writes where he is behind bars when he writes it. His letter to the Colossians uh, uh, was from behind bars. His his letter to Philemon was from behind bars. His, His letter to the Ephesians was from behind bars. And these are some of the most giddy, inspirational, encouraging letters Paul has ever written. He is like, don't worry, pray about everything, think about things that, think about things that are pure and holy and admirable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, stick his hand through the bars. Hey, man, I need you to put a stamp on that. Send this to my homies in Philippi. They need to read this. They need to be encouraged. This is, this is an internal paradigm that has not allowed external pressure to change it. This is a relationship with God that is so secure that there is no situation, mountain or valley, spring, summer, winter, fall, n- nothing, no season is changing the perspective that Paul has. And so he's sharing it with others that are being persecuted as well and saying, don't even worry about that. It's good. We need to metabolize these words, and take on the same paradigm of thought that Paul had. Let me give you some definitions of worry that I found very intriguing. The first definition is a verb that is used without an object, which means it's not aimed at a person, place, or thing. And here's what it says. uh, Worry or worrying to torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts, fret. To torment oneself with or to suffer from disturbing thoughts or to fret. This is one way that we worry. It doesn't have anything to do with external pressure. Just internally, we are just worrying about stuff. This is a hot church, honest, open, and transparent. How many people by a show of hands have worried in this way? Nothing's even going wrong externally, and you were like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. It's good now, but then what if it's not good? I mean, everything's going great now, but what if, oh, my God, what if the other shoe drops? My job is good, good now, but what if I don't get a promotion in a year? What happens five years from now? I mean, my health is good now, but what if I go to the doctor one day? I mean, what if, what if, what if, what if what? <laughs> <laughs> Like, no one's even, like, everything's cool. And then you're like, but it's too cool. How, how come it's so cool? Nobody, I mean, I mean, my relationship is going really great right now. We haven't had an argument in seven months. I mean, the marriage counseling work, but when is it, When is it going, I know, I know, I know, but what, but what if... They come home today and it's all over. Like, what? Worry, just, huh? I'm shook at the possibility of something going wrong. Is anything wrong? No. But it could be. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, bro, you live nowhere near the woods. I think you're good. Why'd you make that sound just now? You live in the city. Here's the other definition of worry that I found very, very fascinating. It's used with an object, uh, uh, and it means to torment with cares, anxieties, and I love this, etc. <laughs> just other stuff. <laughs> to trouble or to bleg. By a show of hands, anybody beside me ever been in the season of life that a person, place, or thing just had you worried? You like, oh, but, but uh, huh? but what about them? And they're not okay. And when would they be okay? And I haven't heard from them in three days. And uh, uh, they didn't text me back. And if they didn't text me back, oh my God, what does that mean? The last text I said, let me just go look back at my last four bubbles. My four blue bubbles came like this. And then, okay, okay. But, but how could, maybe they thought this, la- oh God, what if they thought that I meant by this? <laughs> they were on a trip that had poor reception. (laughs) And you have three days that have been eaten out of your brain thinking about what you thought they meant by your last text. My boss, oh my God, my boss, he's stressing me out. Oh my God, what if he fires me? 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 he He is planning on promoting you, but he's giving you more responsibilities to see if you can handle it Before he has the discussion with you about you becoming a manager, you've taken it completely wrong and lost seven months of your life thinking that. He didn't used to do this to me. Now he's doing this to me. Worry. Now, I know I used to be a rapper. And um, because I used to be a rapper, some of these thoughts came to me in rap form. Okay. So I'm going to give you two bars that you need to write down concerning worry. Uh, That I think will really bless your life. Now, here's the thing that I don't need you to do. After you write these down, do not think you can rap. (laughs) Because you can't, okay? Unless you can, but I'll be the judge of that. First statement I want you to write down goes like this Worry robs me of my peace with thoughts that do not cease. Bars. I'm gonna say it again Worry robs me of my peace. With thoughts that do not cease. Based on that first definition of worry, where no object has to be found, worry is robbing me of my peace with thoughts that do not cease. It's just an over, 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 over replay of me thinking about the same thing over and over. I don't know how it's going to get done, but, but, but it's right there, and I'm just worried about it. It's a trick of the enemy. Here's a second bar I want you to write down. Worry gives me anxiety in my soul about things I can't control. Bars. (laughs) Worry gives me anxiety in my soul about things I can't control. Jesus asked a profound question in Matthew chapter number 6. Verse number 27, it's such such an incredible question that he asked because he's like, "Um, uh, I just want to ask you something because uh, hopefully uh, in my question you'll already know the answer. He says, "Can, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? This is written in red. This is Jesus asking the question, can all your worries add a single moment to your life. Can, can, can anybody admit that, that you've worried about some stuff that, that, that after it got resolved you went, did I just really lose all of my peace over that? And then when it got resolved you were like, that was all? I didn't sleep for two weeks behind this. And now that it's over you're like, what was I even thinking about? Write this down. Worry turns a moment God ordained for me to get through into a mountain the devil convinces me I'll die on. Let me say that one again. Worry turns a moment God ordained for me to get through into a mountain the devil convinces me I'll die on. Here's the thing that's amazing about how the enemy tricks people into worrying. As believers, it's not a good look for us to to, to wear worries. Because God has ordained for you to go through something that's going to build your character. It's going to build your endurance. It's going to build your perseverance. It's going to build up your faith. It's going to build up your hope. But the enemy makes you think, you know what, this that you're going through, you're never going to make it through this. You're going to die here. In Scripture, we all know the, 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 the story of Jesus telling his disciples, hey, get on this boat because we're going to the other side of the lake. Duh, it's a prophetic word. Jesus said it. I think we're going to get to the other side of the lake. He never said, he never guaranteed a storm wouldn't break out. But as soon as the storm broke out, we forgot the word God gave. And all of a sudden, we're like, ah, we're going to die. And he's like, bro, Really? I told you I was going to die for your sins. I didn't say drowned. I'm asleep. Y'all woke me up, panicked and worried when I gave you a word that we were going to make it to the other side. See, what the enemy does is he takes a word, manipulates it, and gives it back to us as worry. You need to worry about this word because is it going to come to pass? What? We have to be able to give this over in a way that frees us from going through this mental loop in our minds about how we think God's going to resolve everything. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter number 6, starting at the 31st verse. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? This next line convicted me in a way. I feel like I got kicked in the chest when I read this. In my study time. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Yo. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I just love how refreshingly honest Jesus is. Because Jesus enters a relationship with us. Uh, completely different than the way that we entered relationships with each other. W- w- whether it's a friendship or especially a relationship, uh, when, we, when we enter those type of relationships, we come with our representative because we're trying to close the deal. Hello, I'm Tim. I love taking long walks in the park, reading books, quietly observing the creation of God. And I'm saying all of this to calm your mind and your heart. So hopefully you'll marry me. What I'm not gonna tell you right now, but it will sure come up later, <laughs> is that I have PTSD from a very troubled childhood. And anytime you talk negatively to me, I will be triggered and shut down for a minimum of 36 hours. <laughs> you'll learn all of this about me and more After you say, I do. (laughs) Jesus doesn't do this. Jesus is like, hey, you want to come with me? Pick up a cross. Hey, you want to be down with me? You shall suffer in this world persecution. It's coming. Hey, just want you to know the world hates you. The world hates me. They're going to hurt you. They're going to hate you too. Some of y'all are going to die. That's what he says when he introduces you to coming into a relationship with him. So, so, so I hear this stat every generation, every generation. The church, people are running away from the church, and nobody wants to be in church, and millennials don't want to be in church, and they're the nuns, and everyone's falling away from religion, and they're, they're leaving the church, and they're leaving the faith, and I'm going, I don't think so. I think they're leaving the lie they were told. See, you gave them an expectation that when they came into a relationship with Jesus, it was going to be tra-la-la. And the first inkling of pressure, they were like, I don't know. No. Not my reckless love savior. No way. He will, he will come get me from this stuff here. I refuse to go through this. I refuse to have pain. No, this can't be the Lord. I prayed. I prayed four times. He still hasn't. He still. He still hasn't answered. Stupid Jesus. Y'all scared of that? <laughs> you can Can you say that? <laughs> he's not petty, y'all. He's he's okay. He's been called worse. Um. And people leave the faith that they were told, not the truth about this person. He never said everything was going to be okay. He promised you wouldn't be alone when you went through it. See, the boat narrative can be really a picture of our lives. We're going on a journey. Some storms might break out. You might see some sharks circling. Don't worry about it. But it's right there. Don't worry about it. He didn't say don't see it. He didn't say act like it wasn't there. I'm blessing, highly favored. You see how these sharks? Nope. Bless God, only see the things in heaven. Amen. Clouds are awesome. Jesus' blood works. It's efficacious. It's like you can say that you're having a sucky day. Just don't worry about how bad it sucks. You can literally say, hey, man, ooh, it's just bad right now. Hey, man, want to watch Netflix? (laughs) It's a bad day. It's a sucky season. I hate what I'm going through. But I, I can integrate that negative reality with the truth of who my Savior is. He is good, he is holy, he is my master, he is my savior and my Lord and I love him and it doesn't matter that I'm going through all this bad stuff, he is still good. As the old saints used to say, he is a good God on a bad day. I'm trying to tell somebody in this room that God is with us, he's for us and our circumstances don't change his nature but they should change our perspective. This is good. Here's what it says. Uh, write this down. Worry is designed to make believers in Jesus think like he never existed. See, we, we have a completely different perspective and testimony than those that don't have a relationship with Jesus. Our perspective is completely different for this reason and this reason only. I have a relationship with God. So, so so you and I could go through the same exact thing, unbeliever, but our thoughts are not dominated by the same thing. Remember, worry dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. They should not be dominating the thoughts of believers. What should dominate the thoughts of believers is God is good, He is faithful. And no matter what my situation is, I know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. He will do in my life exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think, which means if I break it down, if I can ask it or think it, he's gonna do something better than that because his ways are above my ways, his thoughts are above my thoughts. I feel spicy, yeah telling you, when the spirit of worry is coming at you, you got to buck up with some confidence to come up against that stuff and say, I'm going to bed tonight, devil. You're not going to have me up for the rest of this evening thinking about some foolishness that's going to be over in six months. Write this down. (laughs) She said, I'm going to bed. Some of y'all going to get a good long nap as soon as this service is over. Be like, where are you at? In the bed. What time is it? 12.31. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love y'all. Okay, write this down. Uh, worry wants me to spend today thinking about tomorrow and spend tomorrow thinking about today. It's the Dr. Strange loop. Only four of y'all got that. I'll just put you in this. Chaotic demonic loop of thinking about it over and over and over again What if it won't change what if it won't change what if it does change what if it does change what if they leave What if they leave what if they say what if they stay? ah? It's an endless loop And it's a loop that we can break away from By changing our perspective and Understanding who God has created us to be and how he's created us to walk in relationship With him so so here come your points I have four of them here are the four things that I need to overcome worry the four things that we need to overcome worry four things Paul uh, implies these things in great detail uh, in the four chapters of the book of Philippians this letter is 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 written in such a way that, that by the end of it, your, your takeaway is wow, Paul, Paul has some attributes that I need to have in my situation. This dude wrote this from jail. And he is like, yeah, I'm cool. Y'all good? Because I'm good. Well, we're praying for you to get out, brother Paul. I mean, yeah, thanks. But um, I'm in. If, I, if I'm in here, cool. If I'm out, cool. I'm good. Paul was given a prophetic word, y'all. Before he went on one of his missionary journeys, somebody took off his belt. I don't know how you do this. Somebody took off his belt and and tied it around their their feet and their arms and, and, and their hands and said, the person that wears this belt will be bound in the same way I am. And Paul was like, yep, that's me. But not only am I ready to go to prison for what I believe, I'm ready to die. Took his belt back, got on his boat, and was like, let's go. Here's what we would have said. The devil is a I shall live and not die to declare the wonderful works. Here's what Paul knew. Yeah, all that is, yeah, but whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to do what God's called me to do the way he's called me to do it. And whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So point number one, here's, here's the first thing out of four things that you need to overcome worry. Courage. You need courage. Here's what it says in Joshua chapter number 1, verses 8 and verses 9. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, have y'all noticed a trend here? Even from what I read in Philippians, Chapter number four, there's always do this, 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 and then you'll have some peace. You need to do this, this, and this, and then you'll get God's favor. You'll get God's hope, which means there's something that we need to be doing. We, we, we've, been, we, we've been just telling people the then parts of the text on, on, without holding them responsible for the prerequisites that bring that then in the first place. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Can, let me just pause because this is just, I have to give y'all this. Uh, do, do, y'all, do y'all know what book this, this uh, uh, is referring to, this, this book of instruction? It's the book of Deuteronomy. That's right. It's one book. One book. Joshua had one book. He said, "I want you to read this one book. He didn't have psalms to comfort him. He didn't have proverbs to give him additional wisdom. He didn't have Ecclesiastes to balance out his work life. He only had Deuteronomy. and he just kept reading Deuteronomy and because he read Deuteronomy, He conquered every piece of territory that God had promised with one book. Here's my question. We have 65 more books than Joshua did. What's our excuse? How are we still defeated? He took one book, defeated everybody. We got 66 and going, I don't understand. (laughs) It's so hard. I'm trying, but it's so hard. Do, do, do you know that, 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 that Matthew chapter number four, the temptations of Jesus Christ, that Jesus quotes scripture back to the enemy? And do you know he quoted all that scripture from what book? Deuteronomy. Joshua, Yeshua used the same book to conquer their enemies. We have 66 of them. Maybe we need to read them more so we can have more scriptures to stand on than inspirational memes coming for your Instagram account right now. We're scrolling through. This is a good this this is a good phrase from Instagram. Author unknown, but man, it really like it resonated with me today. Heaven and earth's going to pass away, so is that Instagram post, but the word of God is going to last <laughs> forever. This is my command. Be strong and courageous with an exclamation mark. That's why my voice went up. (laughs) Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you really got that verse in your soul, the way you walked would be different. If I got in my mind that wherever I go, God's coming with me, I need to be strong and courageous and I don't need to be discouraged at all, why? Because God is gonna be with me wherever I go. My stroll would, listen. Where you going? Don't know. But I know who going with me though. I bet you I'll pull up with someone greater in me than he that's in the whole world though. Trying to give some of y'all y'all bop back. Because worry will take that from you. And make you think that you're paralyzed. You got the God of the universe on your side. So you are going through a really bad season and, listen, I'm not minimizing it. I'm not trivializing it. I'm just saying it's not bigger than the God that you serve. Point number two, please write this down. Commitment. You need commitment. If you're going to oppose worry, here's what it says in Matthew chapter number 23, uh, 22 verses 37 and 38. "You must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind." This is the first and greatest commandment. There's a level of commitment that's needed. That that comes with your ability to deflect worry. The reason why most people worry is because their loyalties are divided. (laughs) You can't come against worry without having a full commitment to the God that you serve. Let me say it a different way. Too many of us have a plan B. And so all your trust is not in the Lord because some of it is in your savings account. All your trust is not in the Lord because some of it it is in your resume and your education. Well, if this falls through, I'll just bounce back and, you know, I can pull myself up and I got enough hustle. And I did it before and I'll do it again. And the Lord's like, cool, work that out. I'll be here when you don't have another option but me. Your loyalty is too divided. I, I need you to love me with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul. Not your expertise, not your ability to hustle, not your, 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 your trust fund, not, not, not the, 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 the company that you oversee. Uh, I, I need it to be fully in me. Again, most of us, when we start worrying about person, place, or thing, it's because we have put way too much trust in them than we have in God. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Please underline need, highlight it if it's in your digital phone. Uh, uh, Find a way to double tap that thing and do whatever you need to do. Because the word is need, not want. He's not going to give you everything you want. He knows everything you want is not good for you. But God said he'll give me the desires of my heart. (laughs) Yo, these voices coming out of me today are hilarious. I'm telling you, I don't plan none of this stuff. Like, I just get up here. I, I know my points, but everything else is just like a straight freestyle. And I don't know why these valley girls are just coming out of me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Point number three, please write this down. You need confidence. You need confidence. Well, isn't confidence the same as courage? Nope. Write it down. <laughs> you need confidence. Confidence. Here's what it says in uh, Romans chapter number 15, verse number 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you what? Trust in him. Then, there it is again, then you will overflow in confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says. I want you to be filled completely with joy and hope. Only then will you have have a godly confidence in the God that you serve. This is why the message is called Don't Worry. Now, now, uh, if you're you're over a certain age, the the, the first thing that pops in your head is you want to finish the whole sentence because Bobby McFerrin is deep in your soul. Don't worry. Be happy. Some of y'all were waiting to say it. Don't want (laughs) to worry. No, it's not even theologically correct to don't worry and be happy. Happy is contingent on something external pleasing you. (laughs) Balloons. (laughs) I'm now happy. (laughs) It's so fickle, right? Like, oh, my God, they have turkey bacon here. I'm so happy. I gave up pork. I, 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 happiness is contingent on like stuff going right. There wasn't even traffic today on a Monday. I got to work in 17 minutes. It usually takes 35. I'm so happy. Which means if you have traffic on the way back, guess what? You're not happy no more. It doesn't talk about happiness. Scripture talks about joy. Happiness is from the outside in, joy is from the inside out. That's why Paul was just ripping off these letters to the Ephesians. Ha! It's great out here. Ugh. Yeah. is it? Uh. Philemon, let the slave go. Yeah. <laughs> Colossians, oh, yes, it's going to be good for y'all. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. Think about things that appear. Philippians, it's going to be great. <laughs> why? Joy from the inside. Yeah. they coming by, like, here's your food. He's like, sweet. <laughs> Inside-out joy cannot be tainted by outside-in drama. (laughs) That stunk. Ooh, that was good right there. I don't even know if I can say it again. I hope y'all wrote it down. (laughs) Inside-out joy cannot be tainted by outside-in drama. Why? Because I've... What I have on the inside is not coming from anything other than my relationship with God. It's such a beautiful thing. So let me give you the final one. It's contentment. The majority of people worry because they are never content with where they are. So I have to worry. Okay, and now now that I got that, now I need this. Now that I have this, now I need that. Now that I got this, now we get this. Oh, we got the house. Now we need a bigger one. We got that house, but did you see that mansion, though? This house was great, but oh my goodness, did you see on HGTV? I don't have any shiplap. <laughs> if I can just get one strip, then maybe. Here's what Paul says in Philippians 4 and 11. Uh, not that I was ever in need. Now, now, he's he's responding. He was like, hey, I know some of y'all wanted to help me financially, and you weren't in a position, but but you need to know I wasn't even in need. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it is is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. This is is good. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, what we have venerated in the scripture is Philippians 4.13. We'll rock that all day. I can do all things. Through Christ, and, and we say it like it's an incantation, like it's a cheat code to your life. I know how to fix this. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A start. <laughs> Plus Philippians 4:13. I have 30 lives now. Listen, <laughs> it's like 50 gamers in here. Like I love this guy. <laughs> Everybody else is like. Mm it was funny I was watching boxing one day and um poor thing the guy that was boxing he had on his robe and um and on, on his uh trunks on on the on the waistband he had Philippians 4:13 on his waistband of his trunks and you know, us believers, we just like seeing people outside of church that love our God, right? So, like, that's automatically we're just biased now. I want him to win. He has scripture. You don't even know if he believes it. Like, you know, Maybe his coach probably did it. This dude has no idea who Jesus is. He's like, cool, let's go. So he gets in the ring with his, with his trunks on, and they say Philippians 4.13, and, 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 and it says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And I'm, and I'm like, man, um, again, because I'm a literalist, I'm like, I'm not sure if he read 11 and 12 <laughs> to have full context to, to why 13 was written. Because like, I don't know if it makes you beat people up. <laughs> like if you're a football player and you write it on your helmet, I don't think you get to win. Like, God doesn't care about your sport, like, at all. So you can stop praying for the Cowboys now. They ain't worked this long. Just put that. All them prayers still ain't got a ring from the 90s. You just, y'all prayers stopped after the 90s. It was just over, okay? So get over yourself. Okay, stop praying for teams. They don't, God doesn't care. God's not like, oh, oh, wait. 22 Christians on this side. Only nine on that side, yeah, we'll let them win. He's not pet, what, what, really? So this guy's in the ring. I can do all things written on his waistband. Got ding, and then came out there. Y'all, I'm... <laughs> I don't think his chin had received the word that was written on his trunk's. Because he got hit on his chin and then (laughs) he fell asleep, right? And when he fell asleep, he hit the ground. He was asleep before he hit the ground, okay? And you know it's violent when that leg, like that leg didn't even know how to, like, he was asleep. And this was a well-produced fight. So they had the overhead cam and it zoomed down on him and it almost focused in on Philippians 4, 13. And I was like, no, (laughs) go to commercial. Don't do my savior like this. This is not what he meant. You're asleep. (laughs) It's not a cheat code. It's for real life. Whether you got wolf brand chili and rice with some saltine crackers or you can eat sea bass and filet mignon on the same plate. I can do all things. Whether I have to ride a bike to work or I can jump in a Lamborghini. I can do all things. Whether I have a little bit in the account to make ends meet or or, or whether I could take a break from work for three years and not fill it. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Here's what he's saying. I know how to be content wherever I am and not worry about when it's going to end. How's the prayer life been lately? Have you told God what you needed? And then thanked him for everything he's done? Because you know it's only then that you'll get the peace of God that passes all understanding that will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. It's not coming with you just venting in prayer. Why? How come it's not over yet? I mean, come on, God. I've tithed, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've do, I, I didn't slap anybody. Come on now. And he's like, wow. I heard you the first time, three and a half months ago. But the way your worry has been set up, seems like you have amnesia to every other thing I've done for you up until this last imbroglio. Look it up. It's a great word. (laughs) Have you been able to say, hey, God, this, oh, my God, this season, this is tough. This might be the toughest season I've ever been in. But you know what? I distinctly remember when I got off a bus in 1997 from California. And I only had three suitcases and $400 to my name that you took care of me. I remember finding a $100 bill in the rain in a McDonald's parking lot when I was down to the last $11 I had in my bank account. Oh, you were so faithful in 97. Then I remember something in 98 where I lost my job at TXU and somebody broke in my apartment and stole all my clothes, only left my church clothes, so they weren't going to church. <laughs> Took me for everything I had, stole my money that I had been saving up. I distinctly remember you using a lady named Bonnie Moon to write me a check for three months of my rent to make sure that I wouldn't be evicted from the apartment. You was faithful in 1998? You are faithful in 2019? There is no situation that I'm about to go through. God, I just wanna thank you for the stuff that you've already done. I don't know how you're gonna fix this, but I know what you did in 2018. And if you're the same God of 2018, This this ain't nothing for you. And I also remember what you did in 2017 and 2016 and how the last 23 years that I've been walking with you, you have distinctly made a way out of no way to where I can still say that you are good all the time and all the time you are good. I ain't worried about this. I'm going to sleep. Whether I am eating... Meal prepped food that I can afford, or two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on potato bread with some almond milk. It's been in the freezer for 20 minutes because that's the only way to do it. I know that you got me. So don't worry. I don't know how he's going to fix it, but I'll tell you this. Don't worry. Think about something good, pure, wholesome. You already prayed about it, and he heard you. So rewind the tape. See what your faith has already brought you through. Some of y'all need a highlight reel. Anytime the enemy tries to think you to think about worrying about something, he's like, let me just go back and play this highlight tape. The adventures of me and Jesus. It's countless how many times he saved me, brought me through, changed the situation, opened up a door. He's not gonna fail me now. He won't fail you either. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? It's, a, it's an amazing thing how God responds.